Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff? Join us as we remember the great rock and roll hits from a month between 1965 and 1995. We're going to riff on all things about the bands, the members, and the goings-on during that time. We hope to inspire you to find and download the songs you hear today, whether you're fans who forgot about some of these tracks or maybe never heard them before. Check out our blog at whattheriff.com and follow us on Facebook at What the Riff. Here's a shout-out to our sponsors, the Southeastern Railway Museum right here in Duluth, Georgia. Stanton Electric, a commercial electrical specialist, and Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So let's turn up the volume and get into this episode of What the Riff? Germans begin demolishing the Berlin Wall. Six Jesuit priests are assassinated by the Salvadoran army and the banning of smoking on domestic flights become law in the U.S. This is November 1989 and you're listening to What's the Rip. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm John and we're bringing you a guest host, my wife, Heather Lynch. Hey, I'm Woo. so happy to be here. What do you got for us? Today I am bringing you guys Bad Religion's album No Control from 1989. All right. It's it's going. Heads are bobbing. <laughs> My heart rate's already elevated. <laughs> so the entire album, uh, let's see, we've got Greg Graffin on lead vocals, Greg Hudson on guitar, Brett Gerowitz on guitar and backup. You hear that that tight harmony. Yeah. Uh, in the vocals, we got uh, Pete Finestone on drums, and that dude is busy because the drums, they just go. They I just want to let wail. you guys know, that song is already over. So, what, what song was that? That was Change of Ideas, all 55 glorious seconds of Change of Ideas. And I, I, what I love about Bad Religion, not a lot of people have heard of them. I fell in love with them in high school. And this is the album that really opened my eyes to the world of punk. I love the song Change of Ideas specifically because that's the point of this band. The band is called Bad Religion. They're not anti-religion. They're anti-anything that slows down free thought. Religion does that. Scientific dogma does that. All kinds of things. And that's why this next song, Big Bang, you know, where he's, he's um, kind of waxing philosophical on kind of the out-of-controlness of our universe. I don't know how you could even sing that fast. It's almost like he's rapping. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you, here's what happened. They were like, let's form a band, but I don't have a whole lot of time. So <laughs> show up at the studio. We're in and out in 15 minutes. We've got an album. Cut it. Ship it. We're done. And we only know three chords. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Y'all, okay, the, the point of Bad Religion, you it's the lyrics. It's really, and it, it is a shame they're so fast because it's really profound stuff that they're talking about. The lead singer, Greg Graffin, actually has a PhD in zoology. Oh, wow. And his dissertation was on evolution and religion, questioning the beliefs of the world's eminent evolutionists. Wow. So it's a smart damn band. Yeah, he based, he based the speed of his album on the cheetah. You're jealous. You can't keep up. You can't hear it fast enough. Yeah, you you can't hear it fast enough. Exactly. So when we went from one song to another right there, I thought it was just one of those 
breaks that a punk band does. Stop. All right, what song, what song are we on now? No Control. <laughs> song three, friends. All you're, 15 songs, 26 you're minutes. You're through the album right now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a saying back in the day at this time, and we called it OOC, Out of Control. Yeah. And a lot of times we saw people just get really wasted and everything. But yeah, this is an out of control type thing. They're just going full tilt. This is a mosh pit. This is yeah. like full mosh pit. Oh, I'm loving this. I'm usually the one to bring in the punk album, so I'm sure glad the Heather's bringing this. Love. In fact, so hold on. Here's the chorus. I just love it. Listen to the drums. Now he's a professor, right? Yeah, he's actually taught at Cornell and UCLA. Nice. Like, you can go register for his classes. Wow. They're um, fast. You get in there, you're out in five <laughs> minutes, get your credit, you're done. Yeah, it's it's a 15-minute, three days a week, <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. It's great before lunch, you know, or maybe after lunch. You show up to breakfast, you're like, well, one class is done. Already went to it, done, ate breakfast. So, okay, this next song, <laughs> song number four, I Want to Conquer the World. I love this song because I think it's so relatable. I think... Every single one of us feels like this if I were in one. control, the world would be right. I don't know about you, but I do. This is my favorite Bad Religion song. And it's all about, it doesn't matter what we want to, you know, talk about or think about. It's about what are we actually doing to make the world a better place. And uh, I think we all think if we were, if we could just rule the world a minute, uh, it'll kind of work out somehow. And this I is, love the guitar. This is the longest song in the album, isn't it? Yeah. Two minutes, 18 seconds? Look, what? Who's worried about numbers? All right, here's the chorus. Listen. See? It's just all about trying to, trying to sure. open the mind. Sure. And uh, make the world a better place. And that's what I love about punk. It's, it's kind of a political genre in a lot of ways because yeah, it really it's anti-authoritarian is. it's anti-conformist it's all about authenticity and free thought and i think that's kind of the heart and soul of rock and roll at its roots i mean there's so many kinds of rock and roll between metal and punk and pop but i think the heart and soul of it is exactly this there's a big contrast between the sound of the music and the words that they're yeah. saying like they it sounds very angry and but the lyrics to your point are a little bit more little are softer. these guys out of california yeah in fact they formed in 1980 when they were all in high school okay their first real i mean they were just a garage band their first real gig they opened for social distortion okay. another fantastic punk band and then um they kind of in fact they wrote this album on tour which i i think albums written on tour they just have a different grittiness you know when they're they're live night after night and all that but um and bad religion's kind of responsible for the revival of punk in the 90s yeah yeah um no effects offspring green day rancid all attribute their rise in the 90s Bad religion. Well, this is the kind of like the fourth iteration of punk music. Yeah. First, we had the Cal- the New York City CBGBs, and then we had the stuff in in the UK, UK, and everything. Right. Then we had the early 
80s stuff. Right. Ramones. Then, exactly. Sex Pistols. Well, now the Ramones were earlier on. This oh, is like true. X and Dead Kennedys oh, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was early 80s. And now we've gotten to the like that fourth generation. We never talk about the butthole surfers. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the first time. Was this the first time you've ever brought a fifth song from an album? Yeah. Uh, we may have done it, but these were so fast we gave Heather five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what do you yeah. need to tell us about this song? You know, honestly, this one, I just love, again, the lyrics. It's all about, you know, we, we all want this world that's this paradise. But we yeah. get in each other's ways. We just get in the way constantly of this progress. What's the name of this song? It's you. you who? Me? You. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. He's got jokes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, dad jokes here. I That's know, all we have. We, we miss Bruce. That's why we don't well, have the fun guy here. I, I just, you know, I, these songs are so fast. You really almost have to, like, pause it to talk much about them. Yeah. But as a band, I thought it'd be cool to bring in Bad Religion yeah. and kind of this, this sense of just true rock and roll, trying to fight for authenticity, fight against the control other people try to put upon us. I love so, it. Good times, yeah. right? You're bringing more rocking hard songs than most of us have. Yeah, Woo! yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Hey, I, that's insulting to me. Oh, Damn it. bless. <laughs> I said oh. good. <laughs> so bad All right, religion. Now we're, now we're going to our entertainment track brought to us by the Southeastern Railway Museum in Duluth, Georgia. Wayne, you put this one on. What do yeah. we got? Yeah, you like the Zydeco? Yeah. Kind of want to see you dance to this. All right. It was actually in a movie called Still Magnolia. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Uh, Sally Fields, Shirley MacLaine, Olympia Dukakis, Dolly Parton, Tara Hanna, and Julia Roberts. You guys, I never saw the movie, but I did see the play. You've never seen the movie? I don't understand that. Oh, come on. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was a chick movie. <laughs> it's a, it's not just a chick movie. It's got, it's actually kind of uh, you know it's a, a sad movie, but also yeah. uh, uplifting, uh, celebration of life kind of movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I saw the play, so it's like why see the movie? But yeah, know. but did it have Zydeco? Um, I mean, probably did. I don't know. But yeah, this is this is definitely going up that New Orleans Jazz Fest feel. Yeah. If you've never been, we've talked about it before. Other movies that came out of November 1989, Little Mermaid. Another film I never saw. With a solid soundtrack. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to put one of those on there. I can't believe uh, that one came out that early. Yeah. Also, November 89, Back to the Future Part 2. Oh, great. That's when he actually goes into the future, if you remember. They did a nice job of creating a sequel to that. The third one was a little odd, but the second one I thought was really yeah. as good second as the first. second one was nice. Yeah. Harlem Nights was a comedy uh, Love drama. Love Harlem Nights. With, uh, with Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox. Yep. I mean, it really was. It was. It was kind of set in the 20s, I think. Yeah. It was. It was like the a Cotton Club. It was a period piece. Yeah. Old old school Harlem. All right. One that won a lot at the Oscars and things of that sort. My Left Foot. And I never saw that one either. Is that where the guy had to lay on the ground? And he was the goalie or something like that in England. I think I saw parts of it and I went, oh. Now I'm sad yeah. for that Aww. guy. Speaking of sad, a lot of people died in this movie. Henry V. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, Heather laughs because why? 
Because everybody does. <laughs> but, I mean, that's every tragedy yeah. of Shakespeare. Yep. Everybody dies. Every comedy, everybody yeah. gets married. Well, this is about a <laughs> battle in, in Europe between England and, and France. And this is where Henry V does the, uh, well, William Shakespeare does the whole thing about Band of Brothers. And Ken, Kenneth Branagh is the one who did the whole thing. So he, talented. He did the direction. He did the screenplay. And to me, that is, if you listen to that Band of Brothers thing, we'll post it on our Facebook page, but it is inspiring. You can tell, but yeah, there was like 8,000 British or English troops versus like 20,000 French, and they ended up winning. It was it was a, in big part due to the music that was playing the, in the background. The yeah, exactly. Zydeco. <laughs> <laughs> During it the makes, fight scenes, it makes me it makes me want to have like some Bavarian cream pies or no. something. Like that. Yeah. What are you talking about? Crawfish. Yeah. Jambalaya. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose so. Yeah. Shrimp etouffee. All right. That was Entertainment of November 1989, and now Wayne kicks off our staff picks. What do you have for us, Wayne? All I did a album called Declaration from the Fruit Alarm back in episode 195 and I saw this as one of the hits that were popping up at the time and I had to spotlight the song is Sold Me Down the River this doesn't feel like late 80s music well, some people say it's sort of like the Power Station's version of Bangagon. Yes, that's what I was trying to think of what song it reminded me of, and that's it. It's the first song off their fourth album called Change. It only made it to 50 on the Billboard charts. But they had a lot of hits. I mean, you heard this. This was on uh, rock music stations quite a bit. I assume, Rob, you remember this song? Yes, I do. And I remember the alarm. Uh, they actually opened for a Van Halen tour earlier in the 80s that I had seen. And I liked them. A lot of people mention these guys in the same breath as U2, and they call them U3. And I mentioned that before, <laughs> you know. Bono hates the name U2. <laughs> this song's about a lovesick guy who lost the one he loved. And has a heartache real, real bad. And it has heart. It's feeling, emotion. Oh, my goodness. Sure he's a guy? <laughs> oh, man. How many songs have we done about guys singing about their heartbreak about a girl? Oh, I'm begging you. Please come back. Uh, that's half the point of music. To woo a lady. I got an interesting fact about this song that you guys probably don't even realize. This song came out almost exactly seven years after Toto released Africa. No Did it kidding. really? Almost exactly seven years. Wow. <laughs> All right, this song was on the soundtrack of the movie Fast Getaway, starring Corey Haim. The video was shot in Butte, Montana. These guys are from Wales in the United Kingdom. And um, the song is actually done in Welsh also the whole album they remade it you know these guys from Wales in the United Kingdom and it was the b-side of this American vibe version or not American what English version <laughs> yeah but they were that they were originally from Wales Wales yeah yeah I don't hear the accent <laughs> yeah right accents are so interesting and 
music anyway. I wanted to comment. There was a comment that says, This song I dedicate to the man I was engaged to marry in Florida who turned me into the feds and put me in prison to save his own ass. <laughs> All right, who we got on this next one? This is mine. All right, Rob, what you got? I heard this doing my research, and I knew that I just had to cover it. Ooh, a nice little bass it's line. a fun song. I, lo- I love the happiness of it. You're listening to the title track from The Call's sixth studio album. Here we go. this song but I, it's been a while since i've heard it and um i'm like it i mean this was an alternate music genre that we had more college radio that we talked about before yes and this song is called let the day begin the album made it to number 64 the track peaked at number 42 in the uk apparently it made it to number one on radio but the record label made a decision to switch manufacturers of all their records, and this didn't hit the stores until five weeks after it was released, so they missed out on the ratings. Dang it. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Kind of sad. But it's a great great track. (laughs) This was actually used as Al Gore's campaign theme song in 2000. (laughs) It worked perfectly. Oh, like a charm. Yeah. (laughs) So this band, The Call, formed in Santa Cruz, California in 1980. So they've been around at this point for about nine years. Do you recall their most successful song behind this one? Trying to think of it. It sounds quite different, in my opinion. It was... The Walls Came Down. Okay, yeah, okay, I remember yeah. that one. I thought The Walls Came Down was like the Talking Heads or somebody like that. Yeah, they could have been Talking it, Heads. So I did. I, I saw that, and I was like, wow, that's very different from this. The, the band is Michael Benn, guitar, bass guitar, and lead vocals. Tom Ferrier, guitar and vocals. Jim Goodwin on keyboard and vocals. And Scott Music, M-U-S-I-C-K, <laughs> on drums and vocals. I'm liking this. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It's fun to relive this. And it really is a great beat. It's it's jaunty. You know, yeah. I mean like you're you're going somewhere, places to Yeah, to I kept thinking it's gotta be a on an ad for something. Yeah. I felt like or at least like arena rock. Like I could hear this in the a, a lick of this playing at a sports arena or yeah. something. And Michael Ben was born in Oklahoma City and he actually died. In August of 2010, he had a heart attack. He was backstage uh, at a festival. He was helping with the sound levels, and his son, Robert Levon, was performing. And so after he died, his son played with Farrier and Music for a while, and they kept going on tour. He was a Christian, and uh, his lyrics have kind of a Christian feel to them. He says, here's to the preachers of the sacred words. Here's to the wisdom from the mouths of babes. Here's to the lions in the cage. Here's to the struggles of the silent war. Here's to the closing of the age. What a what a prolific kind of songwriter. Yeah. I like it. Very uplifting. Let the day begin. Uh, 
what a way to end a song. Hope you enjoyed that. Now we're going to go on to Mr. Lynch. I usually just say Lynch, but yeah, I feel yeah, like I need to of, differentiate. Two of us here today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely the Mr. here. Yeah. All right. I got, I, 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 you guys you guys know Mike and the Mechanics? You know much about them? They're a knockoff Toto band. Oh. Man, get out of here. They're from man. Genesis. Yes. Well, Rob uh, gets a, Rob gets yeah. the square. Gold star. Mr. Rutherford. <laughs> Rob gets the square. Um, yeah, so this is this is Mike Rutherford from Genesis. He's a co-founder of Genesis. He's the bassist and sometimes the guitarist for Genesis. And he took a break, you know, when they were recording and touring to write another album, two albums actually, in the 80s. And he formed, in 1985, formed Mike and the Mechanics. I think it was because Phil Collins decided to do a bunch of solo work. Yeah, that probably has something to do with it. Details. But they didn't break up or anything. They were still the, they were still Genesis. On good terms. I feel like uh, Mike and the Mechanics had kind of a, a Christian background, too, as well, somehow, that was brought in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he, he was Christian, for sure. But yeah. um, this is, so, Mike Rutherford, this, the vocals you hear are Paul Couric. Yes, right. It just and, and Paul Couric, like, never, somehow never formed a band. He was in Aces. Um, he never formed a band that really hit it. But he would sing backgrounds, or he would sing co, or he would sing lead on some songs. Like, he wasn't the lead singer for Mike and the Mechanics. He, they just brought him in to sing a few songs. And he just happened to sing all their good songs. Yeah. Um, he, you know, uh, All I Need is a Miracle, Silent oh. Running, Taken In, Living Years, Over My Shoulder. I mean, so, you know, he's very talented. Um, they got Paul Young on uh, vocals sometimes, not, not this song. Uh, Adrian Lee, keyboard, and Peter Van Hook on drums. And then you've got your ch- children's chorus in the background yeah. here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know all their names. I can't. I can't <laughs> tell you. Little, little Timmy, Susan. <laughs> but it really is a pretty. It's a pretty song. It's a beautiful song. So the song is about uh, a, a, a guy who grew up and didn't get along with his dad and didn't have a whole lot in common with his dad, or so he thought. Then his dad passes away, and he has to go deal with the aftermath of his dad dying, and you know, deal with his the family and stuff. And he learns more about his dad. And he finds out he actually has a lot in common with his dad. And so this is a song about him regretting never putting in the effort yeah. to get to know a guy who gave him life and 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 would have been maybe his best friend. Yeah. yeah. So it's just the opposite of Cats in the Cradle. It's the, it's the opposite. <laughs> it may be the, maybe the sequel to Cats in the Cradle where, yeah. where, the, where the son goes Aww. back and goes, oh, I should have been friends with that guy. Yeah. I remember listening to this song as a little girl, being really moved by it. It's yeah, a, it's a it's a sad song because you you feel for this guy who is like hurting because he you know now he finds out that the guy who gave him life and raised him actually should have been someone he was best friends with. Yeah. When I hear it, uh, this being November of 1989. I remember this song. I, for some reason, I associate it with Christmas season. So it must have come out, you know, yeah, yeah. when it was on the charts, if it was yeah, on what, the charts at this point. It went number one. Yeah. Uh, it went number one in the U.S., number two in the U.K. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, they got two Grammys for this song. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, they they dominated. I mean, this song was very popular. Yeah. 
And well, in 1989, I mean, for a song to go number one like this, yeah, you can you can imagine. Well, I think a, a children's choir, mm-hmm. and there are chimes at some point. You know, kind of creates go. that Christmas yeah feel right. to it. Yeah. Yep. Paul Kirk got such a haunting, beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. The, I, I listen. I, I, I was reading. I, I didn't know much about Kirk, so I started reading about him. At one point, Rolling Stone said, "If if singers were monetarily compensated for their actual skill in singing, Paul Kirk would have been one of the richest singers in history." Kind of like uh, Michael McDonald just appearing in all these he places. Does. But Michael McDonald's voice is maybe a little more recognizable. I'm telling you, I thought for the longest time this was Michael McDonald yeah. singing this song. Yeah. And when you see Mike in the mechanics, you think, okay, maybe this is Michael McDonald actually singing this song. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. No, that's a good one. All right. Top hits of November 1989. When I See You Smile. Bad English. Not in the bad religion. <laughs> <laughs> Blame it on the rain. Millie Vanilli, but they didn't really sing that song. Love Shack, the B-52s. It's just the way that you love me, Paul Abdul. And listen to your heart, Roxette. All right. That's a good one. Well, now we're going to go back to the lady who started it all. Heather, you're bringing us a staff pick here. What do you have for us? We didn't start the fire by Billy Joel, the one, the only. Billy Joel. The Piano Man. And this intro, everybody knows it. So recognizable. Stormfront is like, I think I think Bruce said like that's one of his favorite albums. I love Stormfront too. It's a great album. It is amazing. It, every song's amazing. Somehow it sounds live to me. I don't know. Kind of like he's in, in front of an audience. So what we have here, I mean, everybody knows this, but you might not have known, he makes 118 historical references Wow! <laughs> in four minutes and 50 seconds. All right. My daughter and I actually discussed about this song because she heard it and she didn't know the references as much. But she said that Fall Out Boy had did, redid this song with more current references and... Actually, I like that version a heck of a lot better than this one. This one, I was just kind of rolling my eyes on this. It's like uh, another one of those pop hits, but go you ahead. Know, though, but, I mean, maybe just because, I don't know about you, but I feel like from 1989, 1990, 1991, this was on the radio always. Yes. You know, so I think there is an effect of overhearing a song that makes it makes something really great become more mundane because you've heard it a million times. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But I love that they did a, a redo of so, this. Yeah. For, for me, the MTV music video of this yes. was like such a massive... I loved watching it every time it came on so I could catch a new thing that would flash across the screen because it's so fast. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you on that. That Yeah, the video is very good. Well, and so I'm a teacher and I know history teachers who use this song oh. to teach history... And it's one of those things of, all right, this semester we're going through this song. That's great. It is It is wonderful. I mean, there were so many things when I first heard it that I'm like, I don't know what the Bay of Pigs are. What? What? And um, I think it's such a cool way to condense 40 years of history. And it actually was inspired by a conversation that Billy Joel had with a friend of his 
he was much younger. Sean Lennon was, um, I, I believe, 20, 21. And he was talking about how hard it was to be a young person at this time. Yeah. And Joel's sitting there thinking, you know, I remember feeling the same way as a young person of like, look at, look at the hand history's dealt me. And this is kind of a crap situation. And so it seems to be just a very human thing to, to keep looking backwards. Like it used to be so much better. Um, and, and so that inspired Joel to write this song. And of course it was a hit from the beginning. Oh yeah. I, I've seen on Reddit where people complain about nowadays is just, oh, interest rates are real high. I can't buy a house. It's too expensive. I'm just going, people, we had interest rates almost 20% when I was growing up. I mean, we had inflation. We had recessions. We had everything else. We had three channels on our TV. The, we didn't. Ger- the Germans weren't <laughs> dropping bombs on your city. Oh, my exactly. gosh. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. We were feral kids back in the 70s and 80s. I'm True. sorry. True. Well, but, I mean, that whole conversation goes back even to the ancient Greeks. Yep. Like, yeah. Plato talked about, um, you know, the stories that the poet Hesiod would tell about the golden age when mankind walked amongst the gods and there was peace and that was the last time things were good. Yeah. You know what I visualized? You know? <laughs> I visualized Plato's playing the world's smallest violin. <laughs> well, no, he's, he was pointing out the fact that we're always looking back to some age that that can't exist if it even did to begin with. But it's kind of nice to know as far back as recorded history gives us, we've always been saying... You back, know, back in the good old days. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love this song. I love I love the I love the staccato beat to it. I love how fast it moves. Well, it doesn't sound like a piano song. No, huh? No. And I think too, I as a literature teacher, I really appreciate the the smart rhymes. Yeah. And the the way that he can include so much history in such a lyrical, thoughtful but, way. But a little slower than bad religion. A scooch. You can hear it a little. You can hear well, it faster. We're going to go see Fall Out Boy. Maybe he'll play it. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go to, it's either a laugh track or instrumental. And uh, Wayne, put this one on the database. What do we have here? We have black metal with pestilence. But no, we're just doing one of their songs called Prolific Souls. No? Proliferous, Proliferous Souls. It's an instrumental We'll just go in and what albums came out at that time. Eric Clapton had Journeyman. Joan Baez had Speaking the Dreams. UB40, Labor Love 2. Rush, Presto. I think we did a song or two off of that album already. Phil Collins, we talked about him. Had But Seriously. Ministry, talking about your heavy metal. The Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste. Ugh. <laughs> I believe it. And White Snake had Slip of the Tongue, if you guys remember that one. I remember it, yeah. Some TV of November 1989 that we didn't get to earlier. America's Funniest Videos. It premieres, and it was, remember who hosted it? Bob Saget. That's right. I heard it was a really, really dirty comment. He is. He is a dirty comment. And... It was very hard for him to go out on stage because all these people thought he was a very clean comic, and they were like booing him off yeah, the, the stage. Yeah, the first time he drops the f bomb, it's like, what? Wait a minute! Wait, You're like the guy we watch as a family on Sunday. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. 
The Comedy Channel debuts. It will become the Comedy Central two years Ooh. later. And Michael Jackson makes a surprise appearance on this. Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall. Yeah. yeah, and it was Eddie Murth was on the stage, and he came in and just, I don't know, I didn't even look at it, but, you know, Michael Jackson never did anything at the time, and this was a big surprise. Yeah, but Michael Jackson used to dodge those late-night shows. Yeah, well, you've been listening to November of 1989. We're What the Riff. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm John. I'm Heather. Thanks for having me. You're welcome back anytime, Heather. Thanks for listening to What the Riff. We hope you enjoyed the songs we had on tap today. Please tell your friends about us, follow us on Facebook, and visit whattheriff.com to find all our episodes. Special thanks to our sponsors, the Southeastern Railway Museum, Stanton Electric, and Marbury Creative Group. That's all for this week. We'll be back next week for more What the Rift.